Welcome back to Check the Vending Machines, a weekly pop culture podcast on the internet where two best friends get together and talk about pop culture stuff, movies, anime, comic books, all that jazz. It's an early Sunday morning. I'm Jason. That's Zach. What's going on, man? You know, man, I'm just trying to get, you know, up and awake. It's early Sunday. You know, I'm still trying to get used to this grind a little bit. Um, look, Jason... Mm-hmm. So I finally got to the point that I didn't think I – well, I knew I was going to get to, but I got there a lot faster than I did, which is I'm in uncharted territory in one piece. Okay. Because I realized when I got to the point where I'm at, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've never made it past Any's lobby. <laughs> I think the last time I tried to watch one piece was I watched up to Any's lobby and a little bit past it, like with the the stuff with his grandpa and stuff like that and like – yeah. That's as far as I got. Um, so now I'm in the shit with Brooke. I didn't realize, like, I guess in the anime there might be, like, something after it. But, like, Brooke is, like, the next thing. And I'm like, hell yeah. Because I always thought his design was super oh, yeah. cool. Like, fucking skeleton with an afro. And he's also, like, a swordsman. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the bad guy is fucking strange. The ge- is it Moria? Yeah, the gecko Moria guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking weird shit. And I also like, I don't know if it's in every single arc, and I don't know if this like becomes more prominent later, but it like, the like, almost like movie genre that like each arc kind of takes on, like Alabaster was definitely like an Indiana Jones type of thing, kind of, with like all the deserts and like the the ruins and whatnot. And then, you know, Al, uh, Eni's Lobby is like, just a straight up like action movie rescue type of thing. And then you get to Thriller Bark and it's like all this like horror movie trope shit with all the zombies and all that shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, well, it's it's very clear that because, like I said, uh, I don't know what, what, what podcast it was, yeah. but it's it goes back to the point that like while One Piece is clearly a shonen manga mm-hmm. – Right, it's shown in being the directed towards young boys generally, yeah. but it's not. It's not an action. It's not a battle manga per not se. Really. It has battle manga elements towards the middle mm-hmm. and eventually, but it's like it's an excuse for for um, Oda to like every island can be a whole different thing. Yeah, you know, like you can because you know Water Seven. It's like a spy yeah. theme. All the spy agents, CP Seven, all kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Or yeah, CP seven, CP nine, right? CP nine. Uh, then you have, and you get the throw bark. It's like, hey, this is clearly, you know, all like Romero inspired zombies with this ghosts and ghouls and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And you get like you get sci fi islands and all this different yeah. stuff. So I don't know if he has ever said. I don't read enough interviews with him to, to yeah. know for sure that he does that. But like every. There's different. There's it seems like there's definitely like specific themes. themes that he like likes to try to hit on with each island. Yeah, I mean, I think less so with like the earlier stuff. Like the earlier stuff is like, 
that's just like mini adventures. Like there's not strong themes. I think it's really like Alabasta's when you really start to see that like there's like strong themes that he like tries to hint onto. Because um, before that, it was like, I mean, it's like Arlong. That's just like a regular island. And then, yeah, I mean, like all the East Blue stuff is just like, they're just regular islands. And then, yeah, you get to the Grand Line. Just, just pirate. Yeah, and then you get to the Grand Line. And yeah, then he is actually able to like get creative and like stretch like what can actually be done on these different islands. Especially like with the great world building stuff that he has too with like setting up like how the Grand Line actually works and like how each island has different climate based on how the currents work because of the way that the magnetism works on each of these planets too and how they all probably have their own like you know specific meteorological like um patterns that they fall into just because of you know exactly how the air currents work and how their island is set up in the grand line and all that kind of stuff so yeah no it's 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 good but it's it's almost like um for a pirate manga there's very little pirate things that go on yeah there's not a whole lot of like ship to ship battles yeah. not very not many ship to ship is like i mean i feel like it probably is more especially with the merry go there wasn't that much but like especially like even in the beginnings of Philo bark like you see just how better of a ship the thousand sunny is than like merry go just like with what frankie's able to do to it so I mean, maybe that might be a thing later on, but um, yeah. I no, mean, I'm, te- I'm telling you, it's not. There's, <laughs> I'm no, telling, there's no like. I mean, there's de- there's definitely more like things that happen on the ship, but it's never like, hey, we're never full side combat. Yeah, yeah, it's not like we're just not Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, what I mean, we're right. like, there's a 15 battle, 15 ship battle, and maybe there is, but because most of the, the arcs take place on. We're on the ship. Shit happens on the ship to get us to the next location. Right. And then once we get there, we get off the ship and we have to go run around the island or whatever we're at. And that's, mm-hmm. like, kind of the, the thing. I always kind of was like, okay, we're a pirate manga. Maybe let's, like, have, like, you know, I don't know, ship-to-ship battles or something. Yeah. But I can't I mean, remember my mind. The most thing about it is just Nami being obsessed with treasure. And, like, she's the most piratey thinking of them all where she's just greedy like a pirate. Yeah, even that kind of kind of wanes. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it really becomes like you, I honestly forget that they're pirates until they tell you. Like a lot of times, when I'm like, okay, they're fighting for like the they're the good guys, and there's like they're not really trying to just get treasure all the time. Like they're trying to like help. People yeah, I mean, and shit. I think that's the weirdest part about it too. Is yeah, they're like pirates, but they're not like they're not even bad guys. They're just like they don't follow the regular world government rules yeah that's the only thing that really like makes them like pirates necessarily otherwise they'd just be straight up good guys yeah yeah also because well never mind i'm not gonna say anything um but yeah man that's awesome yeah um but we're here today to talk about about, yours yeah absolutely man this is one of the movies that i grew up watching I watch multiple times a year the entire series. Mm. Uh, top ten, top five, for sure. And mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that, to me, like it, it, it. The first one in particular, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about you. I'll find out. Obviously, to me, it's a ten out of ten movie. It's a five out of five movie. To me, it, every time I watch it, I, I it's like a. Um, it's a popcorn movie, but also it's a it's a good 
the acting is so great, the chemistry is so great. Mm-hmm. And it's 1987, Richard Donner of Superman fame, yeah. written by Shane Black of Predator and Creepy One-Liners fame at the time. And that is Lethal Weapon with Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. Yes. Now, you you have no history with this movie, right? I have no history. This is actually my first time, like, actually sitting down and watching it. Like, I know of Lethal Weapon. Like, I know – I think it's the third one. I know the shot where he gets stuck on a toilet. I know that one. Two. That's two? Yeah. I know two. that. And I know his line of, I'm too old for this shit, which is a great line. Um, but I really don't know anything else about – Lethal Weapon other than that. Like, I didn't know. And I think you told me around Christmas time that he's like, oh, yeah, they're great Christmas movies. And I was like, okay. And then it's like, yeah, no, yeah, it's a decent – it's even – I would say it's a better Christmas movie than Die Hard is. Well, you know, and this one – if we're going by like – It leans Christ- into the Christmas stuff more than Die Hard does. Christmas adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. Then I think I like Lethal Weapon more as a Christmas movie than Die Hard. I think, but- it, I think it at least leans into it more than Die Hard does. Like, I mean, the first time you see Mel – well, not the first time, but like the first time you see Mel Gibson on the job, he's like busting down drug dealers who are also Christmas tree sellers. And yeah. like the whole thing is like based around the fact that like the big drug shipment or whatever takes place on Christmas or New Year's. Well, see, I, I, people always said Die Hard 1 is a better, is the best Christmas movie, like in their little joking manner. Yeah. But I honestly would think that Die Hard 2 is a better Christmas movie because of, of where it takes place mm-hmm. and the elements. Have, have you seen Die Hard 2? That's the one with the plane, right? I feel yeah, that, it's been a that, long time since I've seen. Yeah, that. that's where it's at the airport, and it's like it's uh, it's literally snowing everywhere. It's in the mm-hmm. airport, so it's like to me, even that movie alone kind of has more Christmas elements than just a mm-hmm. Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the first opening scene of *Lethal Weapon* is like Christmas music playing. Yeah, and then the the the, the well, yeah, it's like the, the, yeah, the you turn the movie on and it immediately starts blasting Jingle Bell Rock at you. <laughs> yeah, but um, how, I don't know. How did you not? How did you miss this movie growing up? I don't know. But you I got, really but you got I Die Hard, though. Think, I, I guess my main thing is probably that, like, especially when I was younger, like, a lot of the act movies and stuff that I watched was, like, stuff that my dad watched. Like, I would watch those kind of movies with my dad. And I guess he just wasn't a huge fan of Lethal Weapon. And, you know, I'll probably go talk to him and be like, he'll probably be like, yeah, I love Lethal Weapon. I'll be yeah. like, well, why did you ever <laughs> fucking watch it with me? You know, it's funny because I, um, I definitely caught... And maybe it's because I caught this before I caught Die Hard. Mm-hmm. But it's because I love Mel Gibson. And mm. it was more so because my dad loves Braveheart. My mm. dad fucking loves Braveheart. I don't know what about it. He we're not we he's not from that fucking country. He's not Scottish? Yeah, I mean maybe in the white DNA or somewhere, but like he's he just likes that the era. He likes whatever. I love Mad Max. So yeah, I just was going through the catalog as like a nine-year-old or whatever, mm-hmm. and you just walk through the VHS you know section or whatever action section, and like the cover sticks out, and I was like, oh, should I watch this movie? My dad's like, that's a great movie. So I'm like, oh fuck yeah, okay, so we're gonna watch that. So it, from then on, it's just like that, and then you start finding things in that mainstream action mm-hmm. kind of you no know, sphere, and it was it's always like to me. They're very different movies, but Die Hard and, and Lethal Weapon are the two, like, the 80s classic action flicks with cops. They're, like, at the top. And then you mm-hmm. kind of can, like, disseminate down in terms of the, the rungs of different tiers of levels of quality. Yeah. Uh, especially of budget. But, 
Lethal Weapon 1 to me stands atop the mountain, man. It's 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 the it's not only a great cop movie, mm-hmm. a great 80s movie, but it's the it is the best. I'm talking about it kicks 48 hours in the dick. It is the best buddy cop movie of all time. It's yeah, insane. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I really like the chemistry between Glover and Gibson a lot. I think they really play off each other really really well. And I think one of the things that like surprised me about the movie, especially like knowing any not knowing anything about it, was like Mel Gibson's character in general. Like having a cop oh, that's like yeah. basically suicidal is like so. It's fucking weird to weird. me because like I'm so used to people knowing that part about the movie that the fact that you don't yeah, like know I had that. no idea. Like I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, he's like gonna shoot himself. Okay. Oh, yeah, he yeah, he's to, like, psychopath. Jump off a building and die. Like, oh my god. Yeah, he's he's not in the right mind. Yeah, and as you get along in the series, and so you can see it in the first movie, obviously, but like his relationship with Raj, mm-hmm. like brings him back, like mm-hmm. to humanity. You know, you yeah. can see it in the first movie, like him going to dinner, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. You can see him going from being like the psychopath. He's always going to be that because of his background in the military. Yeah, because they're both military guys. They establish that when they're walking. Yeah, I like the, that too. The that, yeah, they're both like. Well, it's weird that, like, you have that, too, that, like, they both served in Vietnam, obviously in, like, different capacities, like, uh, oh, shit. What's his name? What's Murtaugh? Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Oh, you mean Riggs. 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 Riggs was, like, Special Fortress, and then Murtaugh was just, like, I don't know if they actually. He's a regular guy. Yeah, I don't know if they actually said, like, what he actually did, but, yeah, he just, like, served in Vietnam. But, like, the, the way they interact, too, where it's, like, they both serve, but, like, it feels like. Murtaugh's almost like, I mean, the first time they kind of interact, he's like, you know, the war's over and all this kind of shit, right? Like, he's like, I don't know. It feels like a thing that, like, somebody who also went through Vietnam would, like, not say to another Vietnam guy, but... Well, to uh, me, I always took it as that, because it's just basing on age, mm -hmm. right? To me, it seems like, okay, if Murtaugh's about to retire, Mm -hmm. he might have been a cop first. Mm. And went into the guy and drafted with with already a cop mentality i don't know this has been mm-hmm. stated somewhere else before because the ages because even mm-hmm. danny glover's playing an older character like he's not yeah. really that old in, the, in real life at the time I and mean, he's he's an older guy yeah but he's not retirement age yeah for a cop age yet so i'm thinking like maybe he was a cop already before he got drafted or he was prior service at 18 became a cop and got drafted again mm-hmm. and then whereas you no know, Riggs was like probably 18 gung-ho Went mm-hmm. right from wherever he's from, right to special forces. So yeah. the mentality like, yeah, he graduated is really high different. school and went directly into special forces in the military. But yeah, the, the the mentality will be completely different, and from that perspective. But they set up. I mean, just talk about. I can talk about everything, but I want particular because this movie hinges on character. Mm-hmm. It, excuse me, it hinges on uh, on chemistry. You know and. For two guys, if you put on paper, I wouldn't expect to have like insane, insane chemistry. Like it's completely wrong. Like it's it's, it's massive, and not Mm -hmm. only that, like even the passing characters of Murtaugh's family, Mm -hmm. like they're all good. Like his wife is good, his kids are good. The fucking neighbor kid is like they're all like they all fit in so well, and that goes to the fact that Danny Glover is so great at playing the middle-aged cop family man like he that that's so it's so believable like the opening scene of him in the bathtub it's a great scene it's fucking believable it's so believable 
Well, it's weird. It's it's believable until she's like, oh, you got gray in your beard. And I'm like looking at his beard and I was like, I don't see any gray. But it Which I guess goes to like what you're saying where like Danny Glover or Danny Glover trying to play like an older person than he actually is. But well, see, even with that, I think that's Shane Black writing a joke. Like it's his birthday. Possibly. His wife being like, oh, it's your birthday. I'm young. I'm younger than you. Mm-hmm. They mention that later on. He's like, oh, you're gray in your beard. And then he's, she's just ribbing him. Yeah. Like, you're an old guy now, and I'm going to rib you, and yeah. even though your beard's not gray, I'm going to tell you it is. And he's like, fuck you. So I'm going to shave it all off. Yeah. But I love I love the the, the introduction of both characters. Mm-hmm. Shows you the different perspectives of the world they're in. Yeah. You have the guy who's in a bathtub who just got shot, recovering from being shot. Family guy, has a house, that's his crazy life. And then cut to the Christmas tree selling drug bust. Mm-hmm. Where Riggs is like fucking going crazy. Well, the first time you see him, he's like naked in his trailer, like <laughs> grabbing beer and pissing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just looks like somebody who's like completely miserable with their life, which is like, yeah, I mean, it's a great setup for his whole character and like where he's at mentally at that point. Um, and cut to the garage where they talk about their, their service pistols mm-hmm. and look at, you know, at Raj's you know, revolver. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff. But yeah, a lot of old old timers carry that still. You know, all the kind of stuff. But my favorite, my favorite scenes in all the movies is in this movie, which is where they introduce them to each other in the police station where Raj sees. Oh, where he pulls Riggs. out his son and he like yeah. He sees Riggs sitting there. He doesn't look like a cop. He's wearing like the jeans yeah. and the shirt and the fucking whatever tucked in plaid or whatever he's wearing he mm-hmm. sees the pistol just tucked in the back of no holster just yeah. tucked in the back of the jeans and and uh, and raj wants to go go crazy and yeah. <laughs> very clearly rig just just fucking nope yeah takes he him like, down judo flips him yeah and then the the lieutenant the captain's like hey murtop meet your new partner <laughs> he's Too like, old for ah, shit. shit i fucking love it dude Especially since we know that that Mel Gibson is directing *Lethal Weapon* five, mm-hmm. and that like if if in 1987 Murtaugh is saying I'm too old for this shit in 2023, like in like 2022, you're beyond retirement. No no yeah. cop is gonna be fucking 78 or whatever the fuck. How old? Hold on. Let's He's pull be like 78, right? Danny Glover. He's not that old. Let's say you say he's he is 75. And we know Gibson's like 60, right? Yeah, Gibson's 60. He's like 60. See, Gibson's 66. Yeah. Now, Mel Gibson still looks He's not great. even that much younger than... I mean, he has 10 years, but... And Mel Gibson looks great still. Like, I've seen him recently. He, he looks, looks fantastic good. still. And Dan Glover looks fine. But, dude, you have to... Be, at this point, if you're going to be 66 and you're a cop... And also, remember, Danny Glover's playing an older guy. So he has to yeah. be playing like 75. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be that old and you're a cop still, you have to be the fucking chief of police. Yeah. There's gotta, no way you're anything else. you, you got to be having a desk job at that point. There's no yeah, way you're out in the field. So I, I I don't know. We'll get into that later. But, like, the introducing the chemistry is so great. And I love that it's they kind of, like, meander their way into a plot. Well, I don't know if they kind of – I mean, I guess – they kind of stumble in, I guess they kind of stumble into it, but I mean, it's all based around the fact of the fact that, 
Murtaugh knows the guy. That Murtaugh knows the guy whose yeah. daughter died. Like that, it's all just kind of based around that fact. And then, yeah, it kind of all unravels. Like for, it becomes the, a much bigger thing. For the but. characters, like for us, we are putting pieces together because they're giving it to us. But right. for, for Raj and Riggs and for Martin, they're stumbling into like actual detectives are. Yeah. They're kind of like sitting there like, okay, well, that's weird. I'll go see this. Oh, man, I know that guy. Oh, shit. Oh, oh. Oh, and then it blew up at me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I think it's not, I don't think it's anything big. I don't think there's anything going on. It's thin. It's real thin. It's, it's thin. And then the house explodes <laughs> and the kids are there. And they, yeah. The, the, dude, the, so hold on. The, um, that kid scene is hilarious too. The kid scene, but not even the first, the the second part where the, where they identify the tattoo. Mm-hmm. That scene, I have I end up rewatching it every time I watch the movie, mm-hmm. not because the kids are good actors, like they're the actor the kid actor sucks, yeah. but it's more so the way that this isn't a big budget action movie, mm-hmm. and to me, the face acting of Mel Gibson is so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, when they're when the kids pointing out the tattoo on Riggs, that moment of him acting on his face, where he's like, "Ah, oh, oh, shit!" <laughs> like this is here this we is, go. This is a bad situation. On now, I love that bit, a <clears throat> little bit of acting. It's so small. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him walking away and and Murtaugh being like, "What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? That tattoo exactly?" And it's like, yeah. "Oh, dude, fuck it, love that shit." Yeah. Um, well, let's let's take it back a little bit, kind of reformulate here. Okay. What did you expect going into this? Because you, you, since you only have heard like osmosis, I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting like a buddy cop movie, but I don't know. I definitely wasn't expecting like the chemistry to be as good as it was, and I didn't expect. Um. I think the one thing that I kind of expected was that I expected a little bit more of like. Especially like with the lethal weapon stuff, and once they actually talk about how why Riggs is called lethal weapon, I was like, oh, we're gonna see some like fucking like Tai Chi fucking yeah. action shit, and it's like you get like a little bit at the end, and like that's all. So that was kind of like, oh, okay. So, I mean, lethal weapon's a good name, so I mean, I get why they went with it. Like that's a solid fucking name for a movie, but I was expecting more lethal weapon. I always took it as a joke, like mm-hmm. everyone gets near Riggs dies. Well, that too, yeah. So, like, bad, like, no matter what happens, even if you're not, even if it doesn't kill you with his hands, like, you fall into a pool and you drown. Like, it doesn't matter what the scenario is. Like, you just die if you're near him. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I can't remember what I thought the movie was going to be because it's been so long. And my brain is so, it's been so fucking, what, like, polluted with these movies that I don't know how to feel. Mm-hmm. But I love that. Like all buddy stuff does, you get different tropes with the main cast. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Die Hard, it's he's great, but you only have one version of that hero, right? Like to go off of. Whereas in this movie, you you can like almost like pick McLean and put him like in between, mm-hmm. like Riggs and Murtaugh, kind of like in the scale, the spectrum. Yeah. Where like Riggs is like. He's going to do whatever the fuck he wants, anything. Even if he doesn't want to, he's going to do it because he's crazy. Murtaugh doesn't want to do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. And then McLean will do everything crazy because he – not because he wants to. He has the he has the need to like – as a cop to do this stuff. So mm-hmm. they're kind of like in the middle and like you have like the two spectrums of like yeah. willingness to do crazy shit. But I, I love the setup of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love the tiptoeing into the bigger plot that becomes even a gradual – 
like it becomes massive. I like that yeah. idea. Um, what was your favorite scene? Hmm. Damn, that's tough. I think. Hmm. Break his neck. <laughs> Break his neck. Yeah, I mean that fight scene at the end between Gary Busey and yeah. and, uh, and Gibson is pretty good. Like they're just fucking. There's just water splashing everywhere. They're just like tossing each other back. Also, and how forth. great is it? Like it's like final fight in front of your house. Like yeah. in so in suburbia in front of your house, front lawn. All the cops watching. <laughs> like, well, this is the one thing. Okay, so this is the one thing about that scene that I didn't get. So it's like, okay, I don't get how they beat them yeah i don't i don't get how they beat him to the house like he know, had bro. such a head start on them movie like, logic. it's not even funny yeah movie logic like, that's all i know it doesn't make any sense i mean i know it's movie logic it just doesn't make any sense to yeah, like action movie them. logic we gotta build a third act baby i mean it's great because then you get the scene where sorry bad guys only good guys are here or something like that. i can't remember exactly what the notes yeah. are but um but that scene's great I actually really like the setup for like the desert scene and whatnot, where you've got like yeah. rigs like going out and like actually doing like a special forces like sniper shit like out in the desert, and you've got uh, Murtaugh going out to like save his daughter, and it's like it's a really good like standoff. Yeah, classic scene. desert scene. Yeah, classic classic Las Vegas desert yeah. scene. Yeah, I love also at the very end. I'm gonna ask you this: which ending is better? Mm. The Die Hard. Um, Al shoots um, the one guy, the one German guy at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. That comes or, out with yeah, or Lethal Weapon, Riggs and Murtaugh, double shoot Gary double, Busey. Double shoot Gary end. Busey when he tries to steal the cop's yeah. gun. Ah. Oh. Because they're, they're the same. It's the same exact scene. It's the basically. same basic ending. I feel like the body bag I like more just because it's. You totally thought he was dead, and then he just comes back to life. Because Gary yeah. Busey, like, he's still alive, and I'm like, okay, he's going to definitely try to steal this guy's gun. Yeah. I think the body bag was more surprising. I think, for me, I love Lethal Weapon. I think it's an infinitely better movie than Die Hard, not saying Die Hard's a bad movie. Yeah. I would, I would pick Die Hard only because we get set up for – that whole his whole character in that movie, him, that too, him, like, yeah. him shooting that... shooting a kid, yeah, not wanting to pull a gun ever again, and then he knows now he has to do it and mm. fucking blows the guy away. Love that. Not saying that I think Lead the Weapons is bad. I think it's fucking awesome. The double shoot. There's definitely thing. more storytelling behind what happens in Die Hard than yeah. Lead the Weapons. But I do love the yeah. double. <laughs> Just fucking, I I love that shit, dude. I yeah. love it. Um. How do you feel about? Obviously, we said the casting is so good, but um, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Gary Busey as like the sidekick bad guy? Dude, honestly, it's so strange to see him be like a normal fucking person, like not be like crazy Gary Busey. Like this must have been. I mean, I assume it had to be in like before whatever accent caused him to like go fucking psycho. But it's weird to see him be like calm and collected. But like, yeah, I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot as like the fucking. He gives off that, cold, like, weird... Yeah, the cold-blooded mercenary type thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, his introductory scene where he, like, fucking lights his arm on fire for his boss is yeah. like... Like, what the fuck? Honestly, though, because that's in the club, right? Yeah. 
I kept thinking of Three Ninjas when they're in the club, being like, "Are they gonna get the band to play?" All yeah. this kind of shit, dude. I uh, dude, I wanted some Ninja Turtle shit. I wanted Vanilla Ice to pop up. On yeah, stage. dude. I love. I I don't really like Gary Busey at all. Mm. Maybe I like him a lot in Point Break. Mm. I think that's probably it. Point Break, and then that's like even this. I think he fits the vibe so well of like the. Yeah, the assassin character of the squad. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy who's always second command. You don't fuck with him. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I like the helicopter sequences and all the... Like, whether it's the... Mm. When they shoot the guy in the fucking house. Oh, my God. Love that. Um, that, and then the fucking... Okay, the dangerous fucking shit of them, like, ramming a helicopter into the car that that girl's driving? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there are so many great moments in the movie... Mm-hmm. That, because to me it's it's not a serious movie, like it's a it's a popcorn flick. Yeah, it's definitely not like super serious. It's a perfect popcorn flick of of, of that of that genre, mm-hmm. where you can miss a lot. Like they they set it up a ton, and I think a lot of people really think about the first half a lot. The first mm-hmm. half is mentioned a lot in pop culture, the jumping off the building sequence, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like I. Love that sequence. That whole bit about Riggs going up there and being like, we're going to jump. We're going to jump. Let's go. We're going to jump. And the guy's like, I don't want to jump we're anymore. Do it right now. And they jump. And then, you know, Murtaugh bringing him to the, 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 the fucking shop, the, the the sequestered shop, being like, you're actually fucking crazy. Yeah. You actually want to die? Like you actually want to fucking kill yourself? Like, Jesus. And you just see, again, it goes back to the great face acting of Mel Gibson. He's like, you can see it on his fucking face. Not even saying a word. Just like, yep. This dude wants to die. And you there's no words there. I like that it's like a light switch moment for Murtaugh too, though. Because I think it's like after that point. No, that's wrong. It's the pool thing. Never mind. So I was thinking that like, well, I mean, I think that's the moment where he like starts to like soften up to him a little bit more where he realizes he's like actually crazy. Like he's not faking it. Like I feel like he probably – I think the yeah. dynamic would have been different if like Murtaugh was like faking being crazy. Like I could see – yeah, I could see him being more. Because right after that is when they um. That's the when they go to the the rich person's house. Right? Yeah, and and then but before that though, isn't that when he calls a psychologist? Oh yeah, it's like after that. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he's like, okay, I called the shrink. It's like confirmed. He's like, yeah. do you want do you like want a burrito or a hot dog or whatever? And he's like, why yeah. why does it matter? I'm already I'm a dead man. Why does it even matter? You're gonna feed yeah. you're gonna feed a dead man. Why does it even matter? And that whole that whole bit is great because that that thread even though. No, Murtaugh, at the, like in two or in three, he's already like, okay, we're friends, we're family. I know you're fucking psycho. Even then, like it's like, just like, please, let's not, let's not do this. You're fucking, let's not crazy. Like I'm not gonna spoil it, but there's a, the opening sequence of two, which I think is a fantastic opening to a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna watch it, and I think you're, I think you're gonna have a great time with it. The opening okay. sequence. It's just a fun opening to a movie. It's like it's, throw, it's one of those things where they throw you in there, mm. um, and even that whole time, it's a classic Riggs Murtaugh bit, and it's yeah. it's it's really really good. And they build upon what they built, what they what they laid down in this movie. Okay. Um, excuse, excuse me. It's surprisingly, while I say it's not a deep movie in terms of like plotting. Mm-hmm. In terms of emotional 
deepness. It's, I think it's pretty deep for an action flick. I think they do. A, they they. what happens when you cast two like world class actors in an action movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's like you couldn't do this movie with Keanu. No, you know? no. You couldn't cast Keanu as Riggs and be like, hey, go play that character because you have to you have to feel the sorrow and like emotion instability of him and like. Yeah. I can't imagine like what action person could do that role, you know? Yeah, I don't think an action person could really do that role. Because you could you could get Denzel if you're just trying to stick with like older black guy. I mean, obviously at the time Denzel was not older, but like if you were making the yeah. movie now and you want to stick with an older black guy to be the family man, stability guy, you could do Denzel. Mm-hmm. I don't think Denzel could do the Riggs character, yeah. but like. Mel Gibson's in a league of his own in terms like he's he's the weird that weird cross that crossbreed of a guy who does super duper like dramatic movies mm-hmm. and then is also Mad Max. Yeah. Like that's not common, you know? Mm-hmm. Like even like Harrison Ford, like you do he does like he doesn't do action movies like that. He did a couple in the nineties, yeah. Air Force One, shit like that, you know what I mean? But like you couldn't get Nick Cage to do that. No. But you needed that ability. You needed that acting ability, like when or right after dinner, where they're walking, he's, they're walking Riggs out of the house, and he's talking about his, about Murtaugh's family, and he's like, "You have a great thing going on here. You know, you have a great family." And Murtaugh's like, "Calm down. He's appreciate. He's like, oh, thank you." He yeah. finishes the course, throws it in the trash can. He closes it. Per- yeah. Perfect. So even then, they're in timing, and visually timing their their partnerships in sync. Even then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's a sweet moment, and then right away Riggs like opens up again by being like, you know, like I have a special bullet, yeah, or whatever. That's the scene when he says that whole monologue, right? About he has that bullet or whatever, or no? No, because that's that happens after um that happens after he confronts him after the jumping, where he's like, yeah, I okay, what's the, that's what he, when he talks about. It. He's like, yeah, I even have a special hollow point bullet, right? What, he says done. something of the same effect about. After dinner, though. The only thing I remember after dinner, once they're done with the boat, is that he definitely talks about how the fact that he hates his wife's cooking. Right. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But um, they show... um, It's like the emotional stuff is so... Mm -hmm. Again, it goes back to the character stuff. The characters have to be fully fleshed. Yeah, I mean, I think specifically, yeah, for this movie in general to work the way that it does, you need people that are actually able to, like, yeah, like, emote and, like, show... Exactly what's going on, like behind the characters' like eyes and facades and all that kind of stuff. Because yeah, I think if you just had like generic like action guy in there, like if you try to do like Sylvester and somebody else, like it just would. Yeah, yeah, no. I what I try. I was I was watching Rocky yesterday, mm-hmm. and like the first Rocky, and I love. I, we obviously love Rocky. Yeah, but I'm watching. And I'm like, this dude could. This dude just can't go that deep. No, he can't go deep like that. And, and honestly, he in in Creed, mm-hmm. he got close. Creed he gets pretty close. Creed's he about as close closest Creed. as he possibly gets. Like when he sees his son at at, at the Creed two. Yeah, that's at Creed two or Creed one. Creed two is when he sees his son. I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay, so in Creed two, when he sees his son, it's there. Yeah. But if we're going back to like Sly in the eighties, like no, he's doing Cobra, and we saw yeah. Cobra. Yeah, I know. we did. We watched Cobra. Cobra's not that good. You know what's funny? People, people, older people. I see. I follow on Instagram. People who are like whatever, uh, they fucking love that movie. Cobra. Yeah. 
I don't know what they it, 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 it absolutely must be a three. Well, it's one. I think. I mean, for me, the only re- the only way I knew about that movie, and I think we talked about it when we did it, was like I just saw the poster because the poster is iconic as fuck. The poster's like, great. Sylvester with the all black, and he's got the fucking gun with like the laser yeah. sight pointed up, and like the poster's sick. Yeah. And like I've seen that poster in like other movies, and that's how I'd gotten because it's like. It's in a bunch of other movies. Like I think it's in like a Mark Wahlberg movie. It's like the the comedy movie he did with Will Ferrell. The other guy. He's like a cop in that, and like you go to his apartment, and like mm-hmm. he has a fucking Cobra poster up. And watching Cobra, I'm like, oh okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like he thinks he's fucking Cobra as a cop. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. If 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 Cobra was all of the first scene, I'd be. That first scene's I, fantastic. I've been I've been all about it, but yeah. it's not. It's not about that, no. you know. Um, it is, it's, it's, it's cool in theory though. I like a lot of the movie, like in terms of like visually, I think his apartment, his apartment's cool. Yeah. His car is sweet, but that final, and that final fight has a kind of cool, has a cool fight sequence for the moment that when he kills the guy at the end, the factory fight. Yeah. Yeah. Where he like chokes the guy out of the chain. Yeah. I think that's cool. But a lot of it in the middle, a lot of missteps. Yeah. A lot of missteps. Um, I, I mean, the problem talking. with that movie is that that first scene in the grocery store is such a high high. Yeah. It's hard to, like, match that until you get to the end. I think I – feel, I feel like a lot of people just – I could be completely wrong here because I'm not, I'm not an 80s kid, obviously. But I wonder if a lot of those people who love this movie are just think about that particular – The grocery – I mean, yeah, I would if I was scene. like, yeah, I, I put that movie up. Because, like, yeah, I mean, the grocery scene is – the grocery store scene is great. But I mean, honestly, it's, that or after that, it's like eh, it's not terrible, but it's not fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's probably just like how we feel about shit movies from our childhood. Like they, they were kids probably. probably when they saw it, or if they were younger, and just yeah. the idea, the concept was so cool mm-hmm. that you thought like a oh, rogue, a road badass cop does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I get it in in, in theory, um, but Lethal Weapon. Mm. Kind of like Cobra, honestly, a little bit. Um, eh. Other movies, they show... Um, they don't really dive into other police around that work with them, but they definitely bring them in more. Okay. Not majorly, but they're in the background. They're yeah, I mean, they're still the kind of in the background of this one. I mean, the, 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 house, the, the house explosion scene, like you've got the other cop that kind of shows up and introduces them, or at least like rounded up the kids and... You've got the one cop that shows up before he's introduced to Riggs, who's like breaking down exactly what happened with the daughter and like why it's not a suicide and all that kind of stuff. So like, they're like, yeah, they're definitely like on the on the outlines on the outskirts of the movie, but they're definitely like not as big yeah. of a deal. Yeah, and, and and number two, it you see them a little bit more. Again, they're not really huge, but they're definitely there. Okay. The downside to the rest of the series is that they really kind of. Like Joe Pesci's in him, mm. and he's great, but they really kind of lean on him to be the comedic element because mm. uh, Shane Black, which you actually, if you remember from the documentary that I told you to watch, yes. the action documentary, Shane Black says like I wrote a script for for Lethal Weapon two, mm-hmm. and it got Riggs dies in it, and it gets like super duper dark. Yeah, and the studio said nah, nah, now nah, make too much money, we're gonna lighten it up. They put yeah. Joe Pesci in it and they lined it up. And it's fun. it's a great movie. The two and three are great movies. I think four is four yeah. is my least watched. Four okay. is my least watched of the series. Um, now it should be my number one watch because Jet Li's in it. Oh shit, dude! But it's not though. 
um, one to three all day every all every year I watch one to three multiple times a year. Okay. But four is always kind of like I have to like really be a completionist that year to watch four. Mm. Um, and Joe Pesci's in two, three. I'm pretty sure. I know he's in he's in two for sure. I know that. I'm pretty sure he's in two and three. But um, it adds an- another element to the movie that I think they could have tried without it. Mm. Um, at least my opinion, you know. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, did you have anything else you want to add to Lethal Weapon? No, no, I'm excited just to get into the rest of the series now because, yeah, I mean, Lethal Weapon 1 kicked it up with such a big bang. Like, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, what, what do you give it? What's your score, bro? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably give it like a 9 out of 10. Like, it's super, yeah. super solid. Have uh, you, after seeing it now, do you – I'm not sure how how much Die Hard's in your brain on a, on a given basis, but if you had to come down on the wire and pick one. Just first Die Hard and first Lethal Weapon? Just first Die Hard, first Lethal Weapon. I don't know. I think Die Hard might be in my brain more because I feel like I lean more towards Die Hard just because that's the movie that I grew up with more than Lethal Weapon. But Lethal Weapon is – so I feel like if you ask me in a couple of years after I probably rewatched Lethal Weapon a couple of times, yeah. might, I might switch the answer. But for right now, it's, it's still Die Hard. Because for me, they're – That's the one that's still stuck in my brain. There are coupled movies where it's like, okay, I watch Lethal Weapon, I finish it, and I go, well, I might as well. <laughs> and then I watch Die Hard. Yeah. Or if I watch Die Hard first, I'd be like, well, I got, got I got to now. got to now. And then I watch Lethal Weapon. But uh, yeah, for me, it's a 10 out of 10 movie, 5 out of 5. It's a, it's a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the, the downside to the movie for people, I think, is that they really do – the back half is – people forget about i think the first mm-hmm. half of them first meeting is so iconic that mm-hmm. the end hat the end bit with um the desert scene all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i think it's frequently forgot about um just from people i talked to about the movie mm-hmm. but yeah I, I love the movie i love the franchise i'm excited to get to two uh to three and then four i guess i don't know yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. see but if, if, we're, if we're comparing the series though like franchises mm-hmm. i definitely think that lethal weapon is a more concise franchise than Die Hard. I think Die Hard's got a lot more stinkers in it. Yeah, because Die Hard, again, just just like Lethal Weapon, Die Hard one, two, and three, fine, right? Because if I was gonna if I was gonna rank Die Hard, it's one, three, two for the yeah. first three, and for Lethal Weapon, I go one, two, three. I think, mm. and I haven't seen. There's five Die Hards or four. There's like six. I've only seen the first three. Because there's. Live there's free, the die, die hard. hard. After three, there's the Die Hard with Justin Long, and then and maybe there's just five because then there's Die Hard in Russia. Okay, I think that's the fifth one. Yeah, I've only seen the first three. Yeah, because the 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 fourth one is Hackers, I think, and then the fifth one is Russia, and that's okay. the one with Jai Cordy in it, and that one's super fucking bad. Yeah, any point where John McLean's bald, I just ha- I haven't seen it. I've only yeah. seen him with hair. Yeah. So. Um. Well, hey, man. Good. Good, good talking to you about Lethal Weapon. Yeah, man. We'll I'm excited. Back. I'm excited to get into the rest of it, man. Yeah, dude. Especially, two is great. Two is really good. And then that fucking toilet scene is fantastic. I That's the, really the only scene I know from Die Hard, honestly, is the toilet that, scene. That's a really, it's a really funny, when you watch that, whenever you watch it this week, 
catch there's really good humor in that like good like good really really funny like jokes in that and then followed by really really like emotional i mean really emotional it's not like they don't like play it as an emotional moment but they play it as an emotional moment between the characters like, they don't like slow down the music and like make it all like dramatic but yeah. like in the moment it's like a good like buddy cop bro moment but okay. uh, hey guys thanks for listening thanks for watching we'll see you back next week with more check the vending machines